0: Hi, guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. We've got a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we'll try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, if you're new to the podcast, uh, we're everywhere you can get your podcast. So we're on Spotify, uh, we're on iTunes, uh, we're also on Google Podcasts as well, you know, for those who use uh, Android. So we're also everywhere you can get your podcast. Um, also, if you like to watch the video portion of the podcast it is also on YouTube, uh, you can look up, uh, when the scriptures become real and you can find it there, um, on YouTube as well. Also, we'd love for you guys to, um, to leave comments there on iTunes, um, leave comments there on YouTube and subscribe. Uh, also you can find the podcast on, on Facebook. Uh, just look at my name, Jordan Pugh, and everything is there. Um, then you can also find it on Instagram. Uh, just look at my name, uh, as well, uh, Jordan underscore Anthony underscore Pew, and then you'll find uh podcast information there as well. Uh, so for today's podcast, uh, what we want to talk about is the topic, um, the Lord gave you this mountain, the Lord gave you this mountain, right? So what does that, what does that mean? Uh, I have to kind of preface it this way. Um, Not too long ago, um, there was a men's retreat. And, uh, you know, for the weekend, you know, we kind of talked about, uh, you know, we talked about faith, you know, we talked about uh, spiritual strength, we talked about a lot of things during that weekend. But we kind of went off on a tangent um, on one lesson. And we talked about um, comparing your life and circumstances to others, right? Comparing your life and circumstances to others. Now, if you haven't ever done this before, if you are not a human being, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I think it's natural. I mean, sometimes we do tend to, uh, you know, we always compare, you know, we always compare our situations or our circumstances to what we can see on the surface. Um, but, you know, specifically in that situation, um a brother brought up this this comment, and he said this he said, You know uh you know sometimes you could look at someone else's life and you could look at what they have and what you don't have uh you could look at their you know you could look at their money, you could look at their their career, you could look at what they have their possessions you could look at all that stuff in another person's life but then he says, when you compare it to your life, he says, and sometimes you view your life as less than theirs.' because you don't have, you know, x, y, and z that they have. And so he mentioned this. Uh he said in terms of spirituality. He said sometimes when you compare your life to someone else's life, uh he said sometimes you're missing out on what God has for you. And he said, and I'll never forget this. And this is kind of where this topic came from. <clears throat> he said, maybe he gave that person or he gave those people those things but he gave you this specifically, maybe this mountain, maybe this problem, maybe this circumstance, uh, maybe all of your life circumstances are specifically tailored for you. And so the brother said, maybe the Lord gave you this mountain because he knew that you were strong enough to handle it. You know, he knew that you were strong enough to deal with it. He knew that he could depend on you to handle this situation to handle this life circumstance the right way and I never thought about it like that and uh, you know that's kind of where the topic today came from so the Lord gave you this mountain all right so we look forward to studying this uh again I want you guys to open up your Bibles with me you know I don't want you guys to again I, I know I say this in every podcast but you know I never want you to take my word for it uh, you should never take anyone's word for it you know you should always double check Uh, with what the Bible says. So, you know, open up your Bibles. If you have it on your tablet or on your phone, open the app there, wherever you have it, uh, and and let's start studying this together. And so, you know, talking about this topic of the Lord gave you this mountain, right? Maybe the Lord, you know, think about for a second, think about your specific circumstance, right? Maybe the Lord gave you this lot in life right now or not gave you but maybe the lord is even allowing it to happen because he knew that you were strong enough to handle this situation and so let's let's look at this in a biblical um uh, in a biblical worldview so let's put our biblical glasses on here you think about abraham remember in genesis 12 Uh, starting in verse number one, remember when God called Abraham and remember he told him that his seed would be, you know, more numerous than the stars, right? Think about Abraham. Why in Genesis 12, why would God specifically choose Abraham? Do you ever think about that before? You know, why would because remember there were more, there were more people on the earth at this time And so why did God not choose anybody else? Why did God specifically choose Abram? And I think at that time, there were more people during Abram's time that did serve God. Because remember, from Noah to Abraham, the earth was repopulated. So I do believe that there were more God-fearing people. But why Abraham, though? Why Abram? Why would God choose him? You know, look at look at Genesis chapter 18. And I've got my Bible here too, so I'll turn with you. <clears throat> Genesis chapter uh eighteen. And I want you to look at verse number 19. And again, God here kind of alludes to why he picked Abram. And we're gonna look at why here. Genesis 18. <clears throat> actually, start in verse number 18, and then we'll go to 19. All right. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and a mighty nation. Didn't God promise that all the way in Genesis 12? Yes. And all the nations of the earth shall be blessed by him. Why would I give that to Abram? Why would I choose Abram? Why out of everyone else, I chose him? Verse number 19, these four words. What did God say? For I know him. Think about that for a second. That phrase there in the Hebrew, for I know him, in the literal sense, that phrase means, I know that Abram will keep my way. I know him. So, therefore, since I know him, I'm going to choose him to be the father of many nations. Now, think about this. Remember, we know that God is omniscient, right? God knows everything. And so, God knows what has happened. And God knows what will happen, right? And so think about this. Number one, before God chose Abram in Genesis 12, guess what God already knew? Number one, God knew that Abram would sleep with Hagar and bear Ishmael. Was that the promised son? No. Was that sin? Yes. But who did God still choose knowing this? Before it happened, he still picked Abram. Then number two, God knew that Abram would lie about Sarai. Remember when they were going through Egypt and Abram lied that Sarah was his wife and said that was his sister? Knowing this before, guess who God still chose? Still chose Abram. Well, okay, what about this one? Number three. God knew that before, when he promised in Genesis 12 that Abram would have a a son, God knew that his wife would laugh at him. But knowing all of this, what did God still do? God still chose Abram. Why? So despite him lying, despite him sleeping with another woman, despite his wife laughing, and not having faith in me, why did I choose Abram? What does verse 19 say That the beginning of verse 19 in Genesis 18? For I know him. I know that he will keep my way. Now, let's compare this with you, and let's compare this with me. Think about your specific situation. You know, I think about my failures. I think about my sin. I think about the things I wish I could have done better. But why would the Lord choose me? Why would the Lord choose you to continue his work? Because guess what the Lord does in verse 19? Isn't that an honor to know that even despite my failures, despite uh, the times that I didn't do the right thing, that the Lord still says, but I know him. And despite his faults, despite his failures, despite your faults, despite your failures, I know him. I know her, right? Keep reading, keep reading the verse, verse number 19. For I know him, and I know that what will he do? I know that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abram and that which he has spoken of him. And so think about the Lord. The Lord gave you this mountain, right? Think about your specific situation. Stop thinking about, you know, and you know, I find myself doing this as well. You know, don't look at everybody else. Now, when good things happen to other people, you rejoice with them. Rejoice as if it literally happened to you. When, uh, when others are weeping, weep with those, right? We're commanded to do those things. But also don't focus so much on someone else's life. You got to focus on you. The Lord gave you this mountain. Well, you don't understand. My mountain is harder than their mountain. So I wish that I had less of a mountain. The Lord gave it to you. Why? Because guess what the Lord could potentially be saying to you? I gave you this lot in life because I know you. And I know that you will handle it the right way. Now, does that mean that this person couldn't have handled it? Maybe not. But guess what the Lord did? He chose to give it to you. And so even though God knew that Abraham would lie, even though God knew that Abraham would sleep with Hagar, even though God knew that Sarah would laugh, God chose that family of Abram and Sarah because God knew Abraham at his core. And he knew and he had confidence that Abraham would please him. Now, <clears throat> here's the question. Can God have that utmost confidence in you and that utmost confidence in me that he could put me and he could put you in any lot or any circumstance in this life and he has the confidence that he made the right decision to put you there? You know, and that kind of puts my... Um, you know, it puts your situation in perspective. It puts my situation in perspective. You know, you think about, um, you know, you think about, you know, someone like Job, right? You remember in, in Job chapter one, remember he was known as a perfect man of the East, right? He made sacrifices for children. He loved God, right? Think about all those things that Job did, but then Satan was walking to and fro in the earth right? Verse number seven of Job one. But then if you look at verse number eight of Job chapter one, you remember what God said to Satan? He says, have you considered my servant Job? Would God have said that if he didn't have confidence that Job could do and survive what was coming? Now, Here's the thing, you know, have you ever before, think about have you ever let somebody down before? I think that's one of the most, um, that's one of the worst feelings, you know, whether it's your parents, whether it's uh your best friend, whether it's in, you know, relationships, whatever. I think that's one of the worst feelings uh to let somebody down. But think about this the lot that God gave you, the circumstance that God gave you in your life, I want to do the best that I can. With what I have, because it's it's not about you know showing anybody else that I can do it. It's about I don't want to let God down with what He's given me, because He gave it to me, and He He's allowing this for a reason. So therefore, since He's doing that, I don't want to let Him down. And so that's why God can say in Job chapter one verse eight, "Have you considered? Have you tested? Have you considered my servant?" Job, right? Because I know him. So the same thing that God said about Abram, the same thing that God said about Job, can he say that about you and your situation right now? Can he say, as a single mother that has a a few children, that doesn't have a father in the household, but I know her, and I know that she will lead those children the right way. Well, what if what if your mountain is the mountain of singleness? but I know him. I know her. He will continue to do the right things until this happens. She will continue to do the right things until this happens. What if, what if you're in the mountain, uh, you know, the mountain of struggle? You know, I don't have any money in the bank. I've got bills to pay. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. My faith is being tested, but I know him and I know her. And that despite the financial, despite all those things that are happening physically, I still know that they will still serve me. Can God, does God have that confidence in you that he could take everything away and you still have the utmost confidence that he knows what he's doing. And that's a level of faith that I believe is attainable because the scripture says it is. So Abram had it. Job had it. You know, we looked at those two. Remember Joseph had it, right? Joseph, you know, he had, he had all those brothers. Why not choose one of them to go through all the things that Joseph went through? Because guess who God had confidence in? You know, Joseph is going to be thrown in the pit. Joseph's going to be a slave. Joseph's going to be accused. Joseph's going to be forgotten about. Joseph's going to be abandoned. But I know him. I know him that despite all these things that I'm going to put him through, I know that I have confidence that he could get from point A to point B with my help. You see, that's the thing you got to think about. I don't want to let the Lord down. The Lord has confidence in you. You know, we just, I just sat in a, um, in a Hebrews class. And I, I uh, encourage you from digital Bible study, um, you know, always find ways to study the scripture. Um, you know, always, you know, find a way to increase your knowledge and from digital Bible study, They're going through the book of Hebrews with Brother Winkler. Um, And he talked about the introduction last week. And he said one of the, uh, the key words was hope or hope or steadfast in. But every time Hebrews said hope or steadfast in, it always almost had confidence right after that. And so the Lord wants us to be confident that he is on our side. But also... I want to give the Lord confidence that I know that. I want him to know that despite whatever situation I'm put in, that I still have the utmost confidence in him. And it's very easy to say that now, isn't it? Right? It's very easy to to uh, kind of talk about it now. But while you're living life, right? And while things don't change, that's when it becomes hard. And it's very, very difficult to remember to have confidence, but this is where faith comes in. Now, what is faith? You know, a lot of people think that faith is a, is a warm, fuzzy feeling, right? Just like love. I think it's a warm, fuzzy feeling. Faith, according to Romans 10, 17, notice what faith is. So then faith comes by what? It comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So those times when you're in struggle, those times when you lose confidence, those times when you feel as if you cannot take this lot in life, you cannot take the circumstance that you're in, you are to read, to have faith. Where does faith come from? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I think a lot of times we forget um, that the word of God can provide that for us, right? But think about Job, Joseph, and Abraham. They didn't have what we have. And that's what makes their faith so impressive is they literally went on the word of God. But we have the written revelation. We have the Bible here. And sometimes we fail like we don't have it. And I've done this as well. But, you know, we really have to increase our faith because we never want the Lord um, to lose confidence in us. Right. And I, I never want that to happen. I never want to let him down you know, and just like we talked about before, you know, and you know this as well, you know, I know what it's like to let people down. I know what it's like not to deliver. You know, I know what it's like not to, uh, in terms of sports, right, not to finish. I know what it's like, and you know what it's like, but I don't want to give that type of uh, effort, right? I don't want to give that type of attitude to the Lord, right? I want him to have that confidence in Jordan, and put your name there. I want him to have that confidence in you that I know him. I know her. Despite their faults, despite their failures, despite all those other things, I still know that they're still going to be faithful, right? And so here's the question that I think we need to answer. or not even answer. I think this is the question that we need to ask next. What is your mountain right now? You know, in order to uh, kind of move forward with this, we need to really understand where we are and where you are right now. So what is your mountain, right? And I have four right now, you know, uh, these aren't my specific ones, but these are the ones that I came up with, right? I've got four specifically, and just because they alliterate right, they all start with S, so it makes sense. So number one, maybe right now, like we talked about, me mentioned, maybe you are in the mountain of struggle right now. And struggle can uh, mean a lot of things. So maybe it's financial struggle, right? Maybe it's, uh, you know, emotional struggle. Maybe it's mental struggle, you know, anxiety, all those other things. Maybe that's your big mountain right now. Maybe number two, you know, maybe the mountain of singleness is your problem. You know, maybe you are, maybe you are lonely. Maybe you are, Maybe you have lost hope that there's somebody out there. You know, maybe that you don't believe that this can happen to you. I totally understand that. Maybe you're in that mountain of singleness. Maybe number three, maybe you're in the mountain of sin. Maybe you have um, been transgressing against the law of God. You know, maybe you've just gotten to the point in your life where things have gotten so hard, uh, where things have gotten so difficult, where things have not changed where things just t- just tend not to work out for you. And then you just do what you want to do. And so therefore, like the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15, you go out and you do what you want to do. Maybe that's your mountain right now. You know, maybe you're in the mountain of sin. Then maybe number four, maybe you're just in the mountain of suffering right now. And what do I mean by suffering? You know, maybe you're, you're suffering because of circumstances that you know, you can't change, you know, maybe you're, uh, you're struggling, uh, in the mountain of suffering, uh, because you know you've tried and things haven't changed and you don't see any way out. You know, you're, it's kind of like that tunnel, you know, like, a, like a train, like you see on the movies or cartoons where, you know, you're looking for that light at the end of the tunnel and you're doing everything you can and everything possible but it just feels as if there's no light for you. There's no, there's no end to that darkness. There's no end. You know, you don't see that light at the end of the tunnel and you're losing hope. You're losing confidence. Maybe those mountains, I mean, and maybe you have a mixture of all four. It's possible. Maybe you have a mixture of all four, but how do we, you know, how do we um, overcome these mountains um, of struggle, of singleness, of sin, of suffering. How do we do this if the Lord is permitting this to happen? You know, what if he's permitting suffering? You know, you know, a lot of people say, well, why, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? You know, the Lord permits things to happen. He allows them to happen. You know, what if he's allowing these things to happen in your life? Well, there's no biblical example of that. Look at the life of Joseph. Look at the life of Jesus Christ. Did those guys ever do anything wrong to anybody? But what happened to them? They suffered. Good, Bad things happen to good people. It happens. And so if it happened to Christ, if it happened to the Old Testament examples, we're not exempt. Right? But, but maybe the Lord is allowing suffering. Maybe he's allowing this time of singleness right now. Maybe there's something that he needs you to develop. Maybe there's something that he needs for you. Maybe he's not done with your mate yet. Maybe he's, you know, maybe you just have to be patient. It's possible. It if you're in the mountain of struggle, maybe he's allowing that to happen in order to strengthen you. Remember the trial of your faith, right? According to Peter, you know, but the mountain of sin, the Lord never allows sin. That's on us, right? And so what if we're in those mountains? How, what can I do? You know, maybe there are, some circumstances that you just can't change. I mean, there's nothing you can say. There's nothing you can do. There's nothing you feel as if anybody else can do. But even if that's true, wishing not to have the mountain of suffering, the mountain of singleness, the mountain of struggle, wishing to have it won't help because it's there. So what, what, what do I do? So instead of sulking about it, instead of making excuses about it, what do I do? I have faith. Remember Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Do you hope to get over that mountain of struggle? Of course. Do you hope to get over that mountain of singleness? Of course. Do you hope to get over that mountain of sin? I hope so. Do you hope to get over that mountain of suffering? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. Okay, I hope to get over this mountain of struggle, but I work hard and I'm still struggling tomorrow. I'm still struggling next week. I'm still struggling a year later. Do you have faith that if you continue faithfully that the Lord will help you? You see, faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence I can't see it yet. So, therefore, what set of eyes do I have to get rid of when I talk about faith? You have to get rid of your physical eyes, and you have to use the eye of faith, right? And so, you think about this. Look at um, look at Hebrews chapter six. I know we mentioned uh, chapter eleven. <clears throat> But I want to look at chapter 6, and this is something, again, that we kind of touched over uh, in the introduction with, uh, with Brother Winkler. Um, but if you look at Hebrews chapter 6, and look in verse, starting in verse 11 through 15, again, he's going to mention Abraham here specifically. Because the Hebrews writer always went back to the Old Testament, right, for, for some type of example. But look at, look at verse number 11 notice what the text says, and we desire that every single one of you watch it. Now, this is our part. Now, remember, you got to think about we're still in these mountains of struggles, singleness, sin, and suffering. We're still here. So, what are we supposed to do in this mountain? And we desire that every one of you, notice what the text says, we desire that every one of you show the same diligence and the full assurance of the hope unto the end. So what am I supposed to show in these mountains? Diligence. What is diligence? In my definition, the art of not giving up. So when things look as impossible as they look, despite all the facts and and everything that you know, you can't give up. You have to have a certain amount of diligence and full assurance of what's the next word of hope. You see, all these mountains, what are they trying to drain you of? Struggle, sin, singleness, suffering. What do these mountains drain you of? They're designed to drain you of your hope of getting something. But I'm supposed to have diligence. An assurance of hope unto the end. That at some point, this mountain's not going to last. And then number, verse number 12. Now here's our job as well. That you be not slothful or lazy. Do not be slothful. But followers of them through, what's our word? Through faith and patience until you inherit the promise. Now, here's the example, verse verse 13. For when God, when he made the promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater than himself, saying, surely, Abraham, I will bless thee, and multiplying thee, I will multiply you. And so, verse, verse 15, after he, Abraham, after he had, what's the next words, patiently, endured, what did he obtain? He obtained the promise. So if you're in that mountain of struggle, if you're in that mountain of singleness, if you're in that mountain of suffering, you know, sin, when you're in the mountain of sin, you know, obviously the Lord talks about, you need to correct that quickly. But in terms of struggle, singleness, and suffering, how does the Lord want us to deal with these mountains? You see, when you try to handle these mountains on your own, so if I'm struggling and I try to make, you know, if I try to make things happen on my own, you know, sometimes the struggle gets bigger because we try to make things happen. If you're in the mountain of singleness and you've just had it, you're just going to go after anything with two legs and just go for it just to not have that title of single anymore. You know, that can, that can cause more suffering. You know, if you're in the mountain of struggle, you know, you you do all this, you can bring more struggle on you. And so therefore, and here's the tough part, guy, and I wish, and I'm not gonna lie, I wish I could give you a, like, this is what you need to do, like, uh, like a quick fix, but this is not a quick fix. So when you're in the mountain of struggle, of singleness and suffering, guess what kind of the only way out is? You and I have to patiently endure that. Sometimes it won't happen after a day. Sometimes it won't happen after a few months of being in this mountain. Maybe it'll take years to get over this mountain. But guess what I have to do? I mean, I can't make things happen. I can't try to, um, I can't try to you know, in the words of, uh, of chess or, or a game or, or sports world, I can't make a move and then hope something happens, I got to patiently endure. You know, I talked to a buddy of mine a while back and he said, well, he said, I want to, I want to patiently wait. But at the same time, I feel like I should be doing something instead of just not waiting. You know, waiting is active. And so if I'm patiently waiting, for example, if I'm patiently waiting in the, in the mountain of singleness right now, if I just sit, and do nothing and just hope that one day when I go to church or one day when I'm out at Walmart or one day, whatever, something just is going to automatically just walk in and then it's going to work. It's not going to work. So what should I be doing in this mountain of singleness right now? I can get better. I can read on marriage. I can pray. I can, I can improve myself. I can do all, I can improve myself financially. I can do all of this stuff right now until that point. So I'm still working, but guess what else I'm doing? I'm patiently enduring right now. And so what does the Lord want you to do in your situation? No matter what it is, you have to patiently endure. And guess what that takes, especially after weeks and months and years of nothing happening. That takes patiently enduring. You know, but I think we need to answer this question before we close. So okay, Jordan, I understand what you're saying. I understand that if I'm in these mountains right now, that the Lord wants me to patiently endure, according to Hebrews. But why though? Don't we always ask that? Well, but why though? Like why? Why would the Lord want me to wait? Like I don't, I don't understand. Like why? Well, the Lord might have you wait, or the Lord might have allowed. The mountain of struggle, singleness, or suffering in your life, <clears throat> and these are these are the couple reasons of why that I came up with. The Lord may allow some of these mountains in your life to show others that God is an anchor for you, and He could be an anchor for them. So, what if you're a single mother with children? And it's very it's it's a tough situation. Guess what? Others see that. And if others see that you put your dependence, if there's no man in your life, but others see that you depend on God, despite the situation, you might lead others to the Lord because of how you handle your specific mountain. Maybe the Lord would give you a certain problem to strengthen somebody else. Look, you remember in Luke, in Luke chapter 22, Luke 22 and remember uh, around verse, I think it's verse 32. Remember before Jesus um, was betrayed, that he was talking to the disciples and he talked to Peter and Peter said, you know, I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, well, you're going to deny me three times. But then remember, Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. Then verse 32, he says, I, but I have prayed for you. And he said, after you're converted, then use that strength to convert someone else. So maybe in your mountain of singleness or your mountain of financial, emotional, or mental struggle, or the mountain of suffering, or even sometimes in the mountain of sin, when you get through those mountains and you see somebody else in a similar mountain like you were, maybe you use your strength that you drew to give it to them. So that their mountain climb was easier than yours. Maybe that's why he gave this mountain specifically for you. Another reason, the last one. And I think this is very important. Maybe God gave you this specific mountain to prepare you for a bigger one. Well, why would he do that? You know, the Lord is always in the business of improvement and growth. You know, one thing that I... that I loved about, um, one of my instructors at the school of preaching, um, brother Garland Elkins, you know, he passed away not too long ago, but one thing that I always enjoyed about him was he was never, he was never there. Like he, he always wanted to get better. And that's something that I just, I mean, and this dude, he knew so much more than a lot of other people but you would never know. And he never showed that he knew that he was always so humble about it. And he was always willing to improve. And he always said the biggest room in my life is the room for improvement. I mean, and this guy, he would quote scripture word for word. He knew where every period was. Literally, he knew where every comma was. He knew where every semicolon was. And he quoted it with his Bible upside down one time. In class, and we're like, he got it perfect, like he was reading it, you know, the right side up. But he always just tried to improve his life. And so maybe God is giving you this specific mountain to get you ready for a bigger one. Well, you had to go through this experience to get to this one. But if you didn't get through this one, then you wouldn't have been ready for this one. You know, you think about Joseph. If Joseph didn't go through being a slave, If Joseph didn't go through his family hating him, if Joseph didn't go through being abandoned, if Joseph didn't go through being forgotten about for years, if he didn't go through that, where do you think his compassion level would have been when he was second in command in Egypt? If he didn't go through that and he would have just been bitter and hated the world and had this me against the world mindset, what type of Pharaoh or what type of second in command would Joseph have been in Exodus? Oh, I'm hating everybody because they hated me. Oh, everybody's getting it. Then what would have happened when his brothers would have walked in to Egypt asking for bread? What would Joseph? Oh, yeah, y'all need me now. Remember back in the day when you said these things about me uh, behind closed doors? Oh, now y'all want to be all nice? All right. He could have been so bitter, man. But Joseph went through those things in order to increase his compassion level to save an entire nation. But he had to go through that mountain. And so sometimes the situations that we put ourselves in, sometimes they're our fault. And we have to admit that sometimes they're our fault. But then there's some situations that are a God-given test. Some situations are um, God allows these things to happen but whether he allows good or whether he allows evil we must exercise trust and faith in our god because if we do not these mountains of struggle of singleness of sin of suffering these mountains will overtake you and they will conquer you over and over and over but you have to you and i I'm speaking to me too. You and I, we have to patiently endure. Even though it just seems like there's no end to this tunnel. I mean, it's just never going to end. What do we have to do? Patiently endure. Now, let me tell you this before we end and then we'll close. Um, and this is, this is a personal uh, story just to help you kind of get this point. <clears throat> but one of the things that I love to do in life, is I love to look back and then um, I love to see and understand why something had to happen. I love that. So after I graduated from the Memphis School of Preaching, sometimes some students, and just being real, uh, myself included at the time, sometimes you have this entitlement that you put in two years, well, you put five years of work condensed down to two years and you worked your behind off mentally you did all this stuff right and you feel kind of you feel kind of entitled to to get a job because well I put in the work so therefore since I put in the work I deserve to have something because I put in the work and I felt that way coming out of school so coming out uh, I was like 2017 so coming out of school You know, I kind of had that mindset of, man, like, I put in all this work just like everybody else. Everybody else has got a place to go. I've still got nothing. I got nowhere to go. So I leave Memphis. I come back home. um, And I thought I was going to get a job, um, but it didn't work out, uh, which I'm glad it didn't. Um, But, you know, I come from that school to literally washing cars at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. <laughs> um, I mean, the bay was dirty. The place was dirty. You clean everybody else's dirty cars. I mean, you just, it was, I'm like, I could not, I am at. why would I be, I went from here to literally to the bottom. I mean, the place was nasty. It was dirty. So we go there, clean there for a year, then go to FedEx for a year, And so in my mind, I'm like, man, like, why did I go to the school? If I'm not going to, if I wasn't going to preach, if I wasn't going to teach, if I wasn't going to do what I wanted to do, and I come here and I have to work and I have to do the secular stuff, I could have did this without going to school. And so I started second guessing a lot of things. But then I realized that those were teaching me lessons that, um, that preaching at the time couldn't. Because I was still very prideful, right? So I still had to learn, you know, I still got to be humble with this. You know, I still got to be teachable. I still got to be moldable. Yes, I put in work that some people haven't put in, but that doesn't make me better. I still got to learn. I still got to grow. I still have to be uh, moldable. And so now looking back at those things, I understand now, okay, this specifically had to happen. That specifically had to happen. I had to be humble. I had to learn. I had to grow. I had to be more compassionate. I had to put in hard work to understand what hard work really is. Right. I needed to learn those things in order to help me to do what I'm doing now. Right. Which is which is preaching. Right. And being a youth minister. I love I love what I do now. But I couldn't do what I do now fully for real unless I went through that. And so like the third reason. Sometimes the Lord brings you to one mountain, so you'll be ready and more equipped to climb the bigger one. And so maybe the Lord gave you this mountain. Question is, what are you going to do about it? Okay, I can't change it. Now what? Have faith and patiently endure. You know, I will be praying for you all, as I hope you will be praying for me, And we're all on this, you know, journey together. And the great thing is we can help one another get over these mountains and, you know, get over yours. And once you get over yours, strengthen someone else to get over theirs, right? So the Lord gave you this mountain. I enjoyed studying that so much. Um, I look forward to studying some more with you guys. I know, hope you guys are all staying safe during this quarantine as well. Um, But during this quarantine, we also have a little bit more time. And so I'm hoping uh, you know, I'm, I have a couple guests down that I want to come on. So hopefully, uh, we can start getting back to podcasting, uh, you know, once a week. Uh, and so you know, hopefully you have some more familiar faces on, um, and also have some, uh, some new faces on, uh, as well. So appreciate you guys again, uh, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe, uh, you know, you follow on Facebook, follow on the little iTunes podcast thing. Um, you can listen wherever you get your podcasts again, DM me, uh, message me on Facebook or on Instagram. If you have any questions or anything, or you just want to talk about the Bible, that's cool too. Uh, but hopefully you guys are staying safe, um, and continue to have faith and patiently endure. Thanks guys.